48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, the welfare chief says the SAR can afford more generous allowances for the elderly. The Lunar New Year fireworks go up in smoke amid concerns about social unrest. And Taiwan's president says her re-election shows that Beijing needs to rethink its attitude to Taipei. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Lord Chi Kuang, has dismissed concerns that a plan to combine two old-age living allowances is financially unsustainable. He says he expects a reduction in the number of people eligible for the allowance in the long term, with an increase in people's savings and support from the Mandatory Provident Fund. The plan was announced yesterday as part of the government's $10 billion package of measures for the elderly and the poor. We do consider in the long run, uh, with people with growing savings, including the MPF system, the percentage of uh, senior people who are eligible for the always living allowance will drop slightly and slowly. So in, in terms of the long-term uh, sustainability, it's a challenge, but it is, should be surmountable. Despite calls from pan-democrats, Mr Law says he won't withdraw his motion to have a maternity leave bill scrutinised by LegCo's manpower panel. It would mean bypassing the House committee, which should process the bill, but is stalled by infighting between members. Mr Law has said his proposal is the only way the bill has a chance to pass before the current LegCo term ends in July. Mr Law disagreed with accusations that his plan violated LegCo procedures. If you look back to the history of uh, Legislative Council, rules are made and changed over time. And if you see who breaks the rules or the practices of the Legislative Council, I don't think it is the government. And what we are trying to do today is trying to see what can be allowed within the rules and regulations and procedures. And if that can be done and actually permitted by the Legislative Council, why not? The government will cancel the traditional fireworks display in Victoria Harbour on the second day of the Lunar New Year holiday for security reasons. The traditional display was to take place on January the 26th. The Home Affairs Secretary, Lau kang explained their decision. We have uh, an overall assessment of the present environment. Uh, we have decided to cancel the fireworks in the Lunar New Year based on the public safety concern. The decision follows months of anti-government protests in the SAR, which also prompted the cancellation of the annual fireworks display on New Year's Eve. A Lunar New Year night parade in Chimsha Choi was also called off and replaced with a carnival event at the West Kowloon Cultural District site. The Secretary for Security, John Lee, says the police will study the use of any equipment that can help them enforce the law and reduce the risk of injuries. He was responding to reports that the force is looking at acquiring stun guns. Several newspapers reported that police studied the use of the weapons after clashes in Mongkok four years ago, but dropped the idea on political and safety grounds. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting, a former ICAC investigator, said he was concerned by the idea of giving police stun guns at a time when they faced claims of brutality. I'm very worried that if the police force escalate their weapon that using uh, the stun gun to attack the civilians, it will worsen the situation. And to my understanding, the stun gun may cause heart attack to the uh, victims. So I strongly oppose the proposal. 
A microbiologist says he's concerned about the level of containment in Wuhan, which is battling an outbreak of a new virus. There are around 60 confirmed cases of the novel coronavirus on the mainland and one overseas case in Thailand. A team of health officials has returned from a two-day visit to Wuhan and is expected to brief local experts this morning. While a rapid diagnostic test has been created, Dr Siddhav Sridhar from the University of Hong Kong says that the medical community is still missing some important information. What we are still pending from China is more in terms of what has been done to control the outbreak at their jurisdiction and also more in terms of the clinical characteristics of the patient. How severe is the pneumonia? What are the uh, rates of things like intensive care or death? And, um, these kind of very specific clinical details. What treatments have been instituted? These are very important information. The campaign group Human Rights Watch has accused the Chinese authorities of overseeing the most brutal and pervasive oppression the country has seen in decades. The group's annual report highlights the treatment of more than a million Uyghur Muslims who've been rounded up and held in camps for political indoctrination. Kenneth Roth is from the campaign group. At home, the Chinese Communist Party worries that if they were to permit political freedom, it would jeopardize their grasp on power. And as a result, it has constructed an Orwellian high-tech surveillance system and a sophisticated system of internet censorship to try to monitor and suppress any public criticism. Abroad, the Chinese government is increasingly using its growing economic and diplomatic clout to silence critics Mr Roth was denied entry to Hong Kong on Sunday, where he'd planned to unveil the report. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen has told the BBC the island has no need to declare formal independence because it's already an independent country. She said last weekend's presidential election, in which she won a second term in office, was a very clear signal to Beijing to rethink its position. They should have a serious thought about the people's expectation as expressed by the election result. And um, this is a very strong message from the people of Taiwan. They don't like the idea of being threatened all the time. We're a successful democracy. We have a pretty decent economy. We deserve uh, respect from China. An American passenger plane bound for Shanghai has dumped fuel over a playground of an elementary school in Los Angeles just before it made an emergency landing. One person said he was playing outside when he felt he, what he thought was rain before realising it was a smelly gas. Fuel dumps necessary for keeping the weight down at landing are usually done over open water, unpopulated areas or high enough in the air for the fuel to evaporate. Henry Narvaez is from the Los Angeles County Fire Department. We received phone calls uh, about some children complaining about some mild skin irritation. The teachers also complained about a little irritation. Neighbors complained that they did see a low-flying plane that appeared to be uh, jettisoning out something out of the airplane. We can only assume that it is fuel because of the smell in the area. The U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says the impeachment trial of Donald Trump is likely to begin next Tuesday. Speaking to reporters in Washington, he said key players will be sworn in in the next few days. Mr McConnell said both Democrats and Republicans would like to call witnesses. The minority leader in the U.S. Senate, the Democrat Chuck Schumer, said he was pleased a provisional date had been set. We join the American people in wanting the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, to come out of the trial. If you want the truth, you have to have witnesses. You have to have documents. Who has ever heard of a trial without witnesses and documents? I'm pleased 
that some of my Republican colleagues are now beginning to come around to our position. The authorities in New South Wales and Australia fear that ash from bushfires could pollute the water supply of Sydney, the country's largest city. Several hundred thousand hectares of land have been burned in the catchment area of its main water supply, Warragamba Dam, as the BBC's Phil Mercer explains. Containment booms are being used to trap silt and ash from bushfires that have burnt for weeks around Warragamba Dam, 70 kilometres west of Sydney. Rain is forecast in the coming days and the floating barriers have been installed to protect the city's main water supply from contamination. Officials say that scientists will monitor the reservoir using sophisticated technology. Residents in other fire-affected communities in Australia have been advised to boil their water. New security camera footage obtained by the New York Times appears to show that the Ukrainian passenger plane which Iran shot down last week was hit by two missiles fired 30 seconds apart. The newspaper says the missiles were launched from an Iranian military facility eight miles away from the plane, which had just taken off from Tehran. Iran has condemned a decision by Britain, France and Germany to trigger a formal dispute process over Iranian violations of the International Nuclear Accord. The Iranian Foreign Minister, Javad Zarif, described the move as legally baseless and a strategic mistake. The Europeans say they hope the agreement can still be saved. Josep Borrell is the EU's policy chief. The objective is therefore to find solutions and return to full compliance within the framework of this agreement. Let me say this clearly. The dispute resolution mechanism, which is going to be triggered now, is not about reimposing sanctions. A new study says one in six women who've lost a baby in early pregnancy experience long-term symptoms of post-traumatic stress. The researchers say the treatment and care of these women must improve. Here's the BBC's Sophie Hutchinson. The study involved 650 women, most of whom had had a miscarriage before 12 weeks or an ectopic pregnancy. A month after their loss, 29% showed signs of post-traumatic stress. That dropped to 18% after nine months. Symptoms included nightmares, flashbacks and intrusive thoughts about the loss of the pregnancy. The lead author says the treatment these women receive must change to address the psychological impact, calling for those who've been through a miscarriage to be screened to see who needs the most help and for specific treatments for PTSD to be made more widely available. To financial news now, a mainland restaurant chain has seen its shares surge on the first day of trading in Hong Kong. Jumaojo's shares rallied as much as 44% this morning to $9.75 from their offer price of $6.60. Speaking at the listing ceremony, the company's CEO, Guan Yihong, said the company, famed for its sauerkraut fish dish, may make its first foray into the Hong Kong catering market in future and won't get cold feet because of social unrest here. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28.644. That's 240 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $54 billion. Currency is the US dollar is trading at 109.87 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 11 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 13 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung.
The Boston Red Sox have fired Alex Cora, the manager who led them to their 2018 World Series title, but is now linked to Major League Baseball's sign-stealing scandal. In 2017, Cora was bench coach for the World Series-winning Houston Astros. A report from MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred identified him as a ringleader in Houston's illegal sign-stealing scheme. Cora is said to have ordered the installation of a center field camera and a monitor in the dugout for the purpose of decoding signs from opposing catchers. Cora's dismissal by the Red Sox comes after the Astros fired both their manager and general manager on Monday following the commissioner's report. Next to cricket, a record partnership from David Warner and Aaron Finch saw Australia hammer India by 10 wickets in the first one-day international in Mumbai. The BBC's Sam Sheeringham has details. David Warner blasted 128 while Captain Aaron Finch made 110 as Australia chased down their target of 256 with more than 12 overs to spare. Their unbroken stand of 258 is the highest partnership for any wicket in ODIs against India. Warner reached his 18th ODI 100 in 88 balls with a boundary off Indian quick Jasprit Bumrah. Finch completed his century in 108 balls, but it was Warner who remained in total control as he finished it off with two consecutive fours. Earlier, Australia's left-arm fast bowler Mitchell Stark took three wickets as India were bowled out for just 255 in the final over of their innings. Virat Kohli's men will need a dramatic improvement in the second ODI on Friday in Rajkot. Now to the third round replays in the English FA Cup. Tottenham progressed after a 2-1 win over second-tier Middlesbrough. Newcastle United reached the last 32 with a 4-1 win at home to third-tier Rochdale. The BBC's John Murray was watching at St. James's Park. Newcastle did what they should have done in the original match at Spotland. They effectively had it won by half-time. A series of Rochdale defensive errors saw Newcastle go 3-0 up. An O'Connell own goal, Matty Longstaff and Miguel Almiron, the scorers. That's three goals in three matches for Almiron. The moment of the night came late on as Newcastle's record signing, Joe Linton, finally scored his first goal at St. James's Park. And Rochdale's 2,500 fans did have a moment to celebrate when Jordan Williams shot in to make it 4-1. In other Premier League side, Watford were supposed to have their replay at Tramier Rovers, but the game was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Shrewsbury Town's 1-0 win over Bristol City earned them a fourth-round meeting with Liverpool. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, another look at our top stories once again. The Welfare Minister says that the SAR can afford to give more generous allowances to elderly people. The Lunar New Year fireworks go up in smoke amid concerns about social unrest. And Taiwan's president says her re-election shows that Beijing needs to rethink cross-strait relations. And that's the news from RTHK.